everyone. I'm Marielle Hemingway, and my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi, is here with me, and you have joined Out Comes the Sun podcast, and we have a very, very special guest today, uh, such an amazing woman who's doing amazing things in the world, and because we talk about mental health, she has an incredible product, and she's going to tell us about it, but I'm going to throw this over to you, Melissa, because you have had some really kind of in-depth conversations with our, with our very special guest, and um, I'm I'm just going to let you intro her because I know you're so good at it. <laughs> well, thank you because I I have turned into a fangirl. I've yes. been doing I did a deep dive on Dr. Petra and really fell in love with a lot of the information that I learned about you. I don't want to talk about you in third person, but Dr. Petra is a medical doctor who worked as an emergency medicine physician for 15 years and also worked at the CDC for eight years as a quarantine medical officer. She now runs a full-time aviation medicine practice and began working with farmers of Alaska 12 years ago to cultivate rhodiola rosea in alaska and she partners with the university of alaska fairbanks cooperative extension service to foster commercial cultivation of the plant um listen there's there's so much that you've done that is so amazing for the state of alaska but introducing this amazing product to the world so i'd like to turn it over to you because you've got so much important stuff to share with us about the product and all that you're doing well, I really appreciate um, Melissa and Mariel to um, let me talk about my favorite topic here. Um, rhodiola has really taken over my life. Um, I still have to work at my day job just to pay bills, but this has really um, uh, taken over my life. It's a passion of mine. And I just want to tell you briefly how I stumbled on this. Um, for some background, I was basically reading an article in one of my science magazines, Science News specifically, in about 2008, where they talked about this Soviet Cold War herb that had become a little bit more mainstream. And um, this herb had been used by the Soviets uh, and, and many Northern peoples going back many generations, but particularly by the Soviets because it helps with improved mental uh, focus and physical stamina. So it was used primarily originally in its athletes, in its soldiers in the trenches. It was actually considered the Soviet military secret, the cosmonauts, wow. etc. And then it's become much more mainstream over time because of its adaptogen benefits, which I can discuss in, in, a, in a moment. But I was really intrigued by this plant and um, primarily because it's a northern plant and I also learned that the world supply for botanical companies that use rhodiola for their uh, products come primarily from wild harvest. And it's the roots of this plant that is used. And so when the plant is harvested, it's sacrificed. Um, you don't just cut off the tops and make tea out of it. Um, so the plant is destroyed. And in the wild, where it grows naturally in very harsh, mountainous, cold conditions, um, it ekes out an existence, um, and, uh, and the plants can be decades old when they're harvested. And so it's actually being threatened to extinction um, by over-harvesting for human use. And this kind of rumbled around in my head as I was thinking about Alaskan farmers, uh, Alaskan farmers also eke out an existence because they just don't um, have a lot of um, 
uh, um, uh, vegetables that can grow in this climate. They spend a lot of time, effort, and money on increasing, extending the um, uh, growing season in Alaska with expensive hothouses, greenhouses, tunnels, etc. And I thought, wow, here's a plant maybe that can take advantage of the harsh Alaskan climate and provide farmers with a high value uh, crop that actually is good for people. And so I, um, I got a handful of seeds um, and did an experiment in my front yard. And, and over a course of two years, I put out 100,000 seedlings. My wow. neighbors were frightened. They were worried my whole <laughs> front yard and side and back were just um, covered with um, trays. And so then I had a problem. I had a hundred thousand plants I had to move. And so I started um, inviting myself to give talks at various farm bureau meetings and, and those kinds of meetings in Alaska and was able to convince some intrepid farmers to try it out. And now we have several acres in production. We need wow. more. We need more acreage, but it's a start. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you only to say your product really is, here, here it is. Rhodiola rosea is really <laughs> extraordinary. And here's why I love what you're doing. Because, and Melissa knows this is such a passion of mine. I, I just believe that there are many ways that nature will help us to have a more balanced and healthy brain through the lifestyle choices we make. But when it's products like what you are creating, you know, work and harvest for in, in, in the harsh lands of Alaska. I live in Idaho, so I'm a little bit closer to you than maybe, than maybe Melissa's really at the moment, but I get it. I get how hard that is, but you're bringing this kind of product that is helping people with anxiety and depression and serious mental health issues and really seeing a difference. You had told us a story kind of before we started today. You were telling us about someone who started taking this product and I would love for you to kind of explain what happened to her because it, it's, it's an incredible story. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Um, this is a woman who um, just reached out to us today on TikTok uh, who is um, an, uh, an emergency room nurse who went through the um, COVID stress and actually had to back out of it because many other things happened to her, uh, family tragedies, to the point where she was extremely anxious and depressed. And she was not able to take the standard SSRI medication, the antidepressants, um, that can be very useful. I'm not putting downplaying that, but um, she wasn't able to do to take them for kind of side effect issues. And so she started taking our rhodiola both in tea form and in tincture form and states that within four days, she felt much better. She um, basically didn't have these racing anxious thoughts anymore, uh, combined with other um, healthy practices like getting better sleep, um, getting outside and exercising and, you know, more water, you know, what all those normal things that people can do has really helped her. Now, that's not to say that, you know, it's it works for everybody. Adaptogens are such, are compounds that really help people's 
normal biochemical pathways adjust and rebalance um, that are disturbed by either internal, external stress. And I have to also add, it's not a magic bullet for everybody. There are people who get it. Uh, tell me they don't notice anything. Well, then they don't need it. <laughs> but for those folks that it's very helpful, um, it works well. And the other thing that helps me sleep at night is that it's non-toxic. There's no known harm from rhodiola. And as we all know, people die every year from overdoses on energy drinks. So Absolutely. Is and it, can, maybe you could explain just, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt again, for those of us in our audience that don't understand what an adaptogen is, I know what an adaptogen mm -hmm. is, but I'd love for you to explain what an adaptogen is because they're actually, it's so, they're wonderful because they're powerful and they do this extraordinary mm -hmm. thing, which you're going to explain. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Normally we take a medication for a specific effect. We take a drug or a pure medication that will create an artificial pathway for that selected effect that we're looking for. Adaptogens aren't like that. Adaptogens are more general, nonspecific um, compounds that really help realign, normalize, rebalance normal biochemical pathways that have gone sideways from stress or illness. And many times these are in the adrenal um, uh, uh, adrenal gland axis uh, for people who have chronic stress. As we all know, you know, acute stress is managed by um, epinephrine and norepinephrine. You know, if you have a fight or a flight response, when you come into your cave and the bear is in there, you need to either club it or, or run away from it. And um, epinephrine and norepinephrine give you a burst of energy to do what needs to be done. But those of us who have chronic unrelenting stress, um, that turns into constant uh, cortisol stress hormones that are pouring out of our adrenal glands with us at, at constant alert status and also has a significant negative effect um, with um, inflammation. So rhodiola adaptogens, there are many different types of adaptogens. Ashwagandha is one. Uh, it's become very popular um, basically because you can grow ashwagandha almost everywhere. So there's a lot of it to be sold. Uh, rhodiola has a much more narrower niche because it can only grow in cold subarctic alpine climates. But these adaptogens help basically unload all of those chronic stress, stress responses. And therefore it has different effects in different people. Some people will find a mood lifting effect. Some people find more energy. Some people don't notice anything because maybe they don't need it. Um, and so the, the stress, the, the effects can also be um, a different for different people. Yeah, that's that. what an adaptogen is. Thank you so much. <clears throat> and, 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 and you explained so much more. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Go ahead, Melissa. I know you have a burning question. <laughs> oh, well, I, one of the things that I noticed when I was doing the uh, research, and, and a lot of it came from the information on your site, to be fair, um, talking about uh, how it, it can help with stress, anxiety, fatigue, depression. What, and I know, I love that you said a while ago, Dr. Petra, about the 
the, the, the lady who called today, all she was getting outside. And so we know there's a, a basket of, of, of activities and choices that really help us move forward. It's not just, as Mariel and I always say, mm-hmm. it's not one size fits all, but it's just mm-hmm. a basket of choices. And yep. so this lady with clarity after taking the product was able to kind of make some more choices that enabled everything to work more effectively and functionally, functioning better. What, uh, what do you, um, for someone who's seeking, and uh, by the way, let me stop myself. How young can you be in, t- in taking the product? How young can, can a patient be or a consumer be? That's an excellent question because, um, and I've had this question, you know, emailed to me, <clears throat> even with pregnancy or breastfeeding. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would think that because this plant has been used by circumpolar peoples for thousands of years, I would suspect yeah. that it was also used in younger people, in children, maybe <clears throat> um, children warriors. <laughs> Um, maybe in pregnant yes. moms and breastfeeding moms, but I can't recommend it because it's not okay. been studied. And, you know, we in this part of our civilization, we really have to assure our clients, our customers, and our patients that something is safe. And the only way you know that yes. is if it's been studied. Exactly. And it right. most botanicals have not been studied in children, so I can't recommend it. Um, okay. But... Having said that, you know, it's probably been used <laughs> for thousands of years by younger people, but. Well, the, the, the pointed, re- the reason I asked that pointed question, aside from wanting to know the, the knowledge, we have a lot of people that, that will call in to the Mariel Hemingway Foundation, write in, mm-hmm. even text in, and want to know about working with their children, their teenagers in particular, mm-hmm. and depression and anxiety. And Mariel's done extensive work in the field of understanding teenage depression and suicide ideation. So I was I was intrigued to know, you know, teenagers are different because of the hormonal, the internal hormonal tornado they have going on, but it's far right. different than children, than the young. But so the, I was asking specifically for children, but also with teenagers, it seems like you might be in a little bit safer zone with teen, teenagers nearing adulthood, 15 and up, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't, say any more right. than that simply because have, I can't understand. advocate I for something that's not tested. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. understand. And but I want it is it is, for, it is powerful though. And it is a plant. So, you know, it is a plant or a root rather. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I find the whole process of making it such an interest because it you know, when you describe it and you say that the plant has to be destroyed, that's a very interesting and that must bring up an interesting uh like kind of dilemma when you're growing it because you always have to replant, right? You're always replanting. It's right. never, right. you know, it's not coming up annually, right? So it, it must be well, interesting. replanting, yeah, we have, um, let me back up a little bit. As I mentioned earlier on in the wild, um, when they're pulled up by the roots, um, they're sometimes 20 or 30 years old because in those harsh climates, it takes a long time for these roots to get big enough to be worth harvesting. Right. Um, uh, But when, and and the plant's niche is to grow where other plants can't. So it grows up in these really, really stressful, harsh environments um, where it doesn't have to compete with anything else except 
the environment. Um, And when you bring the plant down a little bit lower in elevation where humans farm and live, um, this plant will grow very vigorously. Um, It will, um, we can harvest it within five years of, of planting it. But the big issue for the farmers is uh, keeping the fields weeded because this plant cannot compete with other plants. The dandelions, the hay, the um, horsetails um, that get into these fields, they have to be weeded because, like I said, the plant's natural habitat is to grow where other plants can't. Um, And so that's the biggest expense and the biggest headache for the farmers. For those farmers who have bunches of kids, you know, they can go out in the field and and weed. Um, But if you're talking about, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 acres, we've got one woman who's planning on putting in 80 acres um, in sequential um, uh, plantings, not 80 acres all at once. That becomes a problem. You have to figure out how you're going to do your weed control. Right. Because you can't spray, right? No. This has to be organic. (laughs) So it's mechanical somehow mechanical weeding, but that's the biggest um, uh, headache for the farmers here. I have not I have a, it's probably a dumb question, but I, I'm just curious. No dumb questions. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, because you're growing it in a more kind of temperate, I mean, if you can call anything in Alaska very temperate, but a more temperate climate where it can really grow faster it still takes five years. Do you think that the roots that you're growing in your backyard or in the in the acres that you have farmers growing it, that it's less powerful because it didn't have to work as hard? Yes, yes, yes. You really hit on another interesting issue. The plant makes these anti-stress compounds because it has to survive very harsh environments. And if you baby it, they don't produce as high of a rosevin concentration, which is the main marker ingredients, than the wild plants. So um, so there are ways of concentrating it by doing various extraction techniques and that sort of thing. But we're also looking at ways of stressing the plant in the field. Right. And so... I, 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 without going into details, um, I had one, um, you know, I'm working off of a series of USDA specialty crop grants um, to look at best cultivation methods, root propagation, seedling development, all kinds of ways of maybe accelerating um, the time in the field so farmers don't have to weed for five years. Um, but I, out of a fluke of a mistake I made uh, this summer in uh, collecting um, my sequential samples, I found one sample that had accidentally been put in a refrigerator uh, for five weeks rather than being immediately um, uh, dehydrated and tested. And those rosevins went way up. And oh, we, so we're thinking... Maybe covering them up in the field for a month. It's really stressing the plants, telling it, you know, bad things are going to (laughs) happen. Maybe, maybe there's some way. Yeah. So that's our next kind of um, side project to see if we can 
stress the plant somehow artificially to make it right. boost its own production of rose. I don't know why I find this so fascinating, but I find it fascinating because I think nature always has the best like way and solution to getting to what it does best. And it's like nature's mm -hmm. way of saying, hey, I need, you know, like, I can't do this. I can't make you the best compound unless you, you know, unless I'm in the in the harshest environment. And then how do you create the harshest environment? Like, you know, it's so it's counterintuitive to those of us who are trying to grow a plant inside, which I'm not very good at. Right. But anyway, <laughs> well, that was an excellent question. That's a question usually that I get from um agriculture and horticulture researchers. So you're you're really on the mark. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you. Oh, okay. I'm so I'm intrigued. I'm so enraptured. So I, I I would love for you to be able to share with us some more if you have any other stories that you could share with our audience on the benefits and how it addresses a lot of a lot of the today's issues, right? right? I understand that a thousand years ago our our circumpolar Peoples were utilizing it for stamina and strength and recovery, but right. into and and I in but today our stressors are so different and so yeah. varied and you know I was I shared with you prior to the show starting Dr. Petra that my son is home from college and he and I were up at some ungodly hour I don't know I blocked the phone and the the clock in my room so I can't see what time it is so the light doesn't bother me but I know it was late because it was an ungodly hour it felt like it he was showing me a video and we were studying it and I kept saying to him we shouldn't be looking at this at your your phone this late at night and he was saying mom this is what this is how my friends and I study and so this this barrage of technology and the the barrage of the hitting our eyeballs at all time and right. the different stresses we have with 24-hour news and so forth I'm intrigued, and I know our audience is, will be, as Marilyn and I are, and on how the tincture and the pro the product, the dried the dried root, the tincture work in addressing these needs that you found with your with your patients. Well, that's the beauty of an adaptogen. You know, um, there are probably many many different chemical pathways that. Will we ever understand them all um, that may be in effect? But we know a few things. We know from one that uh, rhodiola chemicals cross the blood-brain barrier. That's how it has its antidepressant effect in those people who need it. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. I generally tell people that when they first start taking rhodiola, they may have more vivid dreams for the first several nights because it does cross blood-brain barrier. It does activate um, brain centers that may have not been very active lately. Um, and so that's the first indication that it has an effect on the brain. There's also a lot of other research, and I might point you to um, one of my favorite um, uh, professors um, on the planet. Her name is Matab Jafari. She is a uh, professor of uh, pharmacology at UC Irvine. And she has done oh, a lot of research on rhodiola, one of which is in her anti-aging lab. And she has um, uh, been working on uh, her, her animal model is a fruit fly. Um, why fruit flies? Well, they have a rapid reproductive cycle, and we also share a lot of uh, disease genes with fruit flies. So they're they're a decent um, animal model to work on for um, anti aging effects. And she studied many different um, uh, pharmacological chem uh, chemicals 
and found some that have anti-aging effects, but all at a cost, a cost of either uh, low activity as they're older or um, reproductive failures. And so she switched mm. over to botanicals. And guess what? The first one she tried was rhodiola and was astounded that rhodiola not only increases the lifespan of the fruit fly by 25%, but wow. it's a healthy lifestyle, a healthy lifespan. They're running around right. in their test tubes. Their old ones are acting young. They have good fertility. And so that really got her motivated. And she's found other biochemical pathways that are not well understood yet, but somehow rhodiola also seems to improve glucose metabolism. It may have an effect on, um, you know, prediabetes. I would never tell somebody to throw their insulin away and switch right, to rhodiola. Right. We don't know this yet, um, but there's an effect there. And she's also found that um, mice, uh, and these were mice studies. These weren't fruit fly studies. Mm -hmm. um, these were mouse studies. Uh, she's also found that um, mice that use that are given rhodiola have a different microbiome which is, you know, the intestinal yes. uh, um, area that we schlep around and that communicate with all of our internal structures and our brain. And, our brain. and so there are some really interesting effects, most of which we really don't understand yet. Wow, that that's so cool. I love that. You talk about life, lifespan, but it, it's really, she discovered health span, right? The fruit flies with mm -hmm. the better health yes. span. And that's really what it's all yes. about. That's incredible. Do you see any results with uh, the rhodiola in um, kind of in brain and focus? I notice with taking it and maybe I'm, I don't think I'm making it up. I feel like it, it does bring a clarity to the way that you think. Yeah. I, I feel so pr probably it has to be good for, you know, for that focus, brain, clarity. In the herbal medicine community, it is it is used for um, improving mental focus. People in, I mean, students in Russia use it all the time uh, before they're taking exams, for example. Um, there's also some indication, although um, I'm not sure about any true scientific double-blind studies, but people do take it um, who have ADD, ADHD. Um, uh, I would love to see some studies um, done on this, but I might mm -hmm. preface that botanical studies are really hard to do accurately. I mean, when you grind up a plant and make some sort of tincture or capsule, there's going to be a lot of variation from batch to batch, right. from source yeah, right. to source, from how this plant was processed. And so mm -hmm. it's not like taking a pure chemical that you can right. reproduce over and over and over again and do a, a double-blind study. Um, but there, if you Google, um, you'll find a variety of studies that hopefully use a high quality of um, rhodiola um, uh, extract or, or, or standardized dose. Uh, and in these blood, in these studies, the indication seems to be that it helps with mental focus and even in people who might have trouble with mental focus like ADD, ADHD. Absolutely. Fantastic. This is so great. Uh, 
Petra, you are a wonderful guest for us, and and I I hope that you will you will join us again. Um, our our podcast is only a half an hour, and we've kind of come to come towards the end of that. I know, I know, we could talk to you forever. Time flies when you're having fun. Exactly, but this is this is important information, and and it's just so much about what Melissa and I are trying to get out to the world, giving people options, right? We're not, like yep. you said, you're not against an SSRI or, or anything else. It's just about let's give people lots of options so that people have choices and they can make their choices for yourself. And what I love about rhodiola, it seems, is that it's a smart, it's a smart botanical that's saying, you know, if this is yep. right for you, you'll feel it. If it's not right for you, you know, then it's not right for you, then that's fine too. Um, but I love, I, I kind of, in my mind, that's nature's intelligence, you know, the intelligence of nature. And, 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 and I, yeah. I, I just, I just admire you. I admire what you've done. I admire that you've brought work to people that, you know, like it's, it's rough to, <laughs> to probably to grow anything up in Alaska. I know it's, yeah. you know, I know our growing season in Idaho is pretty short. I can't imagine what it's like up there, but now of course, knowing and you were so smart you said wait i've got the perfect place i'm in alaska it's going to be rough and this this plant's hardy and it's going to fight for its life thank you so much for coming on our our podcast outcomes the sun we we honor you we we look forward to seeing what what happens with your with your incredible uh product and melissa i'll let you say something hello <laughs> Please stay, please do stay in touch with us. Please do stay in touch with us. We would love to follow along in the journey as you discover more. Cause I, and I know that your dive is deep from the work that background look that we did on what you're doing. You take deep dives. We would love to be privy to whatever you'd be willing to share with our audience. We appreciate you coming on. We want to encourage our audience to please consider taking this. Dr. Petra had said in the beginning of the, of our podcast that it, it's non-toxic. And that's how she can sleep well at night, knowing that she's providing a product that is not. Oh, toxic. I want to. So oh, I want. It's worth looking into. I wanted to say that you had mentioned dreams. Now it explains it because lately my dreams have been so amazing, and I'm not. I've never had been a big like remember of dreams, but I've been having these like wild <laughs> lifelike dreams lately so now that explains that i was so excited when you said that i was like oh okay anyway that's my excitement that explains the midnight text you sent me asking me to be your vp i get it now okay oh, so it's all making sense Petra, thank you so well, much we hello everyone i'm marielle hemingway and i have my partner here melissa yamaguchi uh, welcome to Outcomes the Sun podcast. We have a very wonderful guest today whom I actually haven't met in person, but I feel like I know her. Her name is Kristen Moore, and we're going to be talking about mental health as usual, but all uh, uh, particularly about, you know, postpartum and, and how that affects a woman. And it's not just postpartum. There's, you know, there's postpartum and then there's depression and then there's becoming a parent and then you know there's a there's mm -hmm. a laundry list of things that happen when your life changes dramatically beautifully we're excited about it as mothers but sometimes it can be a tremendous challenge so yeah so uh 
I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna throw it to you, Melissa, because I think that you have a clear understanding of what we what we need to get Kristen talking about so that we can help people that are suffering. Absolutely. I had the good fortune of meeting Kristen through uh, another mutual friend of ours. And during our conversation, Kristen, I was struck by you. You were um, faced with um, an, a, a hormonal imbalance, which causes this post-traumatic, you know, post, post-traumatic, I'm sorry, postpartum depression and anxiety for a lot of women. A lot of women f- face this. But you, you, I want you to talk a little bit with our audience about what that was like for you and, and, and the, tr- the period of time from you feeling this way and feeling the overcome of this, the, the, the moods and the emotions that were, you were experiencing to at what point you got to where you started making some dramatic changes. Because the one thing I want to prep our audience with is that struck me. And the reason I instantly wanted you to be on our show and Meryl agreed as soon as she heard me say this is that you had a drive to come up with a solution and not only has, did your solution help you but you have helped thousands upon thousands of others and so I'm I want after you share your story with us could you talk us through the transgression that got you the transition I'm sorry that got you from that feeling what was that what was that magic thing that got you to do something that's that's the thing that people are often wondering wow yes I can definitely do that and thank you for this opportunity um it's so funny people ask me what the secret sauce is and i have to explain that they already have it they just have to tap into it um it's already there it's it's the power of the human resiliency is what it is and so how this all started i will say my background is journalism i won several awards. I had the checklist of what society says, right? College degree, husband, kids, career, car, vacations. And I was not happy. I see now several years later that I wasn't because I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I liked. I disagreed with my husband. I disagreed with my friends. I was just very much the don't be too opinionated, um, just kind of get along, be easygoing, um, not knowing that you can express yourself and you can be yourself and be assertive and still be a kind person. Um, mm-hmm. So what happened was, was I had my, I had, at this point I had three kids. So I had with my two boys, I didn't really notice, but they would classify as baby blues or depression. I knew I probably had some anxiety, um, but I was still very much in denial of, I don't need help. I'm fine. Uh, with my daughter, I went in for my checkup after six weeks and they said, here, do you want to take the Depo Provera shot, birth control shot? I thought, okay, we'll give that a go for a few months or so instead of taking the pill. They said there's a 2% chance it could give you severe postpartum depression and anxiety if you have the baby blues. I, 2%. Yeah, I know. I'm so lucky. 2%. So I thought just a 2% chance. I'm just a tired mom of three because I'm adjusting to having three kids. You know, I only only have two hands. Um, a week later, and I'm very, very fortunate that I had the emotional intelligence to notice my inner dialogue. I wasn't aware of how I was really speaking to myself, but this voice came across so loud. I was looking for my daughter's new social security card to register for insurance. And I couldn't, I misplaced it. And I remember, and I'm not going to say what I said to myself, because these were words that I don't even say out loud. 
uh, the language, but I was cursing at myself in my head something terrible. And it was just kind of a light bulb. And I thought, okay, this doesn't even feel like me or sound like me. I don't even use these words. I don't speak them. What's going on? Went to the doctor. They said, oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we warned you. Um, here's some pills and uh, best of luck. This could take about two years for your body to adjust to the extra progesterone that was injected. This was the big thing of Depo. It has a lot of progesterone. So you just had a bad reaction to it. You're just going to have to wait till it slowly just kind of releases from your body. So for the first year, um, I, and I'm a very spiritual person. So for the first year, I just told myself what society at this point, it is 2016. There's stuff about self-care, mm -hmm. but it was still very much work out, eat healthy, and drink water, and you'll be fine. Unfortunately, suicide rates prove otherwise, right? How many people are physically fit and right. unfortunately are still doing that? And so I did that. I got a little better. And on my daughter's first birthday, we were in Nashville, Tennessee, and I had a major anxiety attack. Um, because a lot of with mine had a lot of OCD tendencies of not uh, repetitious behavior, but of thought, kind of like a hamster wheel. I would have a negative thought and it would just loop in my head or I would have a very dark image of something like a what if worst case scenario. And it would just play in my head for hours, if not days at a time. Um, so what really was this major anxiety attack where I felt like I couldn't breathe. We were out hiking and all of a sudden I just had to sit down because I didn't think I was going to make it. And so I decided then and there that I said, Kristen, you have this beautiful, inquisitive mind. Your background as a journalist, you're kind of a researcher in a ways. Like, so do that. Start researching the mind. There has to be more than to self-care than just that. There has to be. So that's what I started to do is just become very hypervigilant of what I was putting in my body, what I was listening to, what I was watching. And mm -hmm. I started to study the mind from various aspects, reading books from spiritual aspect, psychology, the anatomy where, you know, that pesky amygdala and what it likes to do. And so with that, I just became obsessed. I just kind of obsessed with the mind and mental health in, in that way of, okay, here are my neurotransmitters are firing this way. How can I rewire them this way? And then giving myself, honestly, a lot of self-compassion. And Dr. Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion was life-changing because her son is autistic. I have an autistic son. And then also just the way that she was relating to things as far as being my own best friend. And that's when I realized I didn't know who this person was saying these things in my head. But then I didn't know who I was even before that. And then I, my biggest worry was... Once this two years of this getting out of your body is is done, who are you going to be afterwards? And right. so that terrified me. So and two years is a long time for you to be going through something with small children. Yeah, yeah it was. It's a long um, time. I, I, it is. My daughter is seven now, and I think about the first two years of her life. And I have to say, I used to look at the pictures of her and I because when I felt really, really depressed, and I didn't know. I mean, there were times I was scared to hold her because I thought, what if I drop her? Now, I already have two healthy boys. I knew how to take care of children. But there was something on the news about a mother doing something terrible to a child. And it was, oh, my God, what if I get that way? And right. I started to go to therapy. And 
I just really just kept telling myself, no, there has to be more. There has to be more. You, this can't be it for you. You didn't come this far to only go this far. There has to be more. So mm -hmm. I just really, instead of watching movies or the news, I started reading more books and listening to podcasts. And um, I treated myself almost like a case study. I'm like, okay, let's try this and then take data. Does this work or not work? And I just made myself this giant case study. Um, and I'm happy to say I look at photos now of her and I, and I just see joy. And even the ones where mm -hmm. I can see the pain in my eyes, um, I still, it's more of a, I'm proud of you, how far you've come, Kristen, um, compared to where I was. But yeah, so two years of that. And then of course that- and how, can, can I interrupt you ask- can I interrupt to ask how long, oh, sure, sure. Uh, uh, I mean, how long it's been since that, you know, since that dark, I call it the dark night of the soul. Five years? Yeah, yeah right. Is that what you're uh, saying? It's been five, five years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been five years now. Um, yeah. Yes. It's been five years for that. Um, and then as far as PTSD, where I would have, you know, flashbacks of, oh, remember when this Christmas you didn't think you were, you know you were in in the shower crying for hours and not with your kids. Uh, that lasted for about 18 months or so afterwards. So really it was about oh. three and a half years of me just trying to just get back to feeling like me again. And then yes. me being me, I just knew that there are other people like me, right? Because unfortunately mental illness tells you that you're alone and you're definitely not alone. And so I just decided, okay, if you're going to go through something like this, then it's got to mean something. It, you can't just go through this and go back to what you were doing. Like you have to take your life by the horn. And I tell myself, if you can survive an internal hell and back, then you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I just became really just determined to do something. So it started uh, with an app, a self-care rewards app. So never built an app before. Started to learn how to design an app. I did that had a nine to five magazine job and did that at night with my kids all around me and just um, doing that to going through a divorce, leaving a very traumatic relationship. Cause I realized not having any support. Um, I was just told to just get over it. And I was being dramatic and all that stuff, leaving that relationship, going through the divorce, going through the divorce during COVID and then wow. leaving that to, yeah, we actually, actually the day I asked for a divorce is the day we actually all went into quarantine and we couldn't leave our houses anymore. Wow. So I moved down to the basement for 18 months and scaled my business. It switched it more into this framework that I developed, this five, what I call the five pillars of self-care. So I had the app. I didn't have any more funding. Um, it was self-funded because of COVID. And I found out that my coding was not up to date. So I put that on hold and thought, okay, what can I do with all this knowledge? Developed a framework, uh, what I call the five pillar framework that I teach, which is the foundation of my company with the QR codes and um, just overall self-care mindset. We work on a self-care experience that's mind, body, and soul. I want to, I want to interrupt so, you, mm -hmm. but I want to interrupt you for one second. Cause I want yeah. you to tell us how, yeah people who are like just tuning in right now, how, you know, cause I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there going, Oh my gosh, this is my problem. And they would, yeah, this is me. They would yeah. like to be able to get help right away. So where do they go for your QR codes or whatever? Please, please tell us where they can go. 
Sure. Uh, so you go to backtoselfcare.com. Back you to click on the resources page. Okay. There are, yeah, backtoself.com. You go to click on the resources and there are tons of resources from different sites to Dr. Kristen Neff's work. Um, there's even, I created a self-care emergency checklist that people have told me they've printed off that when they feel anxious, they can go to that checklist and it gives them ideas of what they can do, whether that's going outside and doing grounding nice. or so that way, cause a lot of times whenever you're in that situation, you feel anxious. Sometimes you forget all that, you know, like, you know how to do certain things to take mm -hmm. care of yourself. Cause sometimes you forget in those moments. And so I created a checklist and it's free. You can download and people told me they print it up and put on uh, their fridge or by their desk. So whenever they need to take a break and they need an idea, there's, I think, 20 or 30 ideas on there for you to kind of help reset yourself um, and take care of yourself for take a mindful minute or five or 10 minutes. Um, so I created that for people. Like I said, it's an emergency checklist because sometimes I found out all these things that I knew. It was like, gosh, why didn't I do that? And I thought, okay, if I have this issue, other people do too. So one hundred percent. Well, everybody, anybody knows who's who's yeah. had any anxiety or depression. When you're in it, it's the last, you know, the last thing you think about is what to do. I mean, you know, I can give advice all right. day long, right. but then when I have a a dark time, it's like, thank God I have your friendship because you'll remind me. But it's very hard. You need. You need reminders because yeah. that's exactly what the brain, the ego, whatever you want to call it, wants you to do is get wallowed in that kind of self-sabotage. And you don't look for help in that in those moments, you know? You know what I love about what you're doing, Kristen? And Mariel and I have spoken with other speakers on our podcast about different ideas. And I'd like to share one of the ones that we learned that I see Mary so beautifully with what you're doing. One of our speakers taught us about the three brains of the body. And I refer to this all the time because I just think it's so genius and it helping me understand how I move and function. So we have the brain that sits between our ears, which is really a computer and it just knows facts mm -hmm. and it's not. Then we've got the brain that sits in our chest and it, it's our heart that houses our emotions and feelings and really gauges that, that side of who we are. Then we've got the brain that sits in our stomach that navigates how to feed and function the body that keeps us all moving. And oftentimes what happens when we're overly emotional and the heart is almost swollen from maybe a hormonal imbalance or trauma or anything that's happening, it overrides the logic of the brain and it shoves all the feelings up into the brain and the brain does not, does not compute. And so we get into, we get too much into our brains, into our minds, into our head. We say, well, I'm in my head because the feelings need to be in our heart. And so I, what I love that you're identifying is that this, the app where they've got 20, 30 things they can think of allows them to look at this and it almost as though it recalibrates the computer. You know, when you unplug it and plug it back in, or at least maybe that's, maybe I'm the only one that fixes no, my I computer that way. But when you, <laughs> when you do that, yeah, it yeah, really yeah. allows the computer to reset and re and, and calibrate, right? And I love these, I love these. <clears throat> Marilyn and I were talking with someone earlier on an interview and, and the, the host asked us um, some simple things that we're grateful for. And, you know, it's the simplicity of life that makes it so sweet. And I love these tasks that you have, no matter how simple they may seem, are joggers. It's like, hey, hey, yeah, get back. You're here, right here, eyes yep. forward. I, I just love it because it's so it's such a purposeful plan. I think it's so important. So good. Thank you. Yeah. And that's why we've we've shifted to these QR codes 
that we're doing now, these positive self stickies, where I said you could do a, a window decal, you could put one in your bathroom, you can put one in your car, and you can link it to this checklist or your own personal checklist, right? A lot of what I teach nice. with people is that self-awareness and self-discovery of take yourself out on a date. What do you like? You know, so then you mm -hmm. you know in situations, it's kind of like a toolkit. I think I actually call it a self-care toolkit on my site of just having all these resources in your toolkit because it might work this one time. Like for me, I know, you know, there's different types of tears. And so, you know, this is why they say have a good cry is because we're releasing hormones in our tears. So I know sometimes for me, I need right. to go to the shower, have a good cry. I have a cry playlist. It's for three, three songs that get me into my emotions. I cry it out. And then, I, and then it's like my logic takes over. I'm like, okay, you're safe. You know, you're here. You've got a roof over your head mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. But I, I've taken, I've taken the time to know myself, to know that that's one thing in my toolkit that I can do whenever I need to reset or get something out, you know, whatever it may be, or to just go outside and just go for a walk. Or, you know, a lot of it is just getting out of your head, using your hands. I love to, to paint. And so it could just be, I don't care what's on the canvas, just start painting, see what happens um, or doing your makeup, you know, even just doing that, just getting yeah, exactly out of, out of your head. And I will say one thing that got me through this one quote that I, it feels kind of Dr. Seuss-ish, but I use it with my kids and it, and with adults and they seem to really resonate with it is that, you know, a thought is a thought and a feeling is a feeling, but none of it matters unless you give it meaning. So that helped me when I would have darker thoughts. Okay. I don't have to attach myself to this. Just kind of mm -hmm. picture it just kind of going down a river in my head. Oh, there it is. Oh, bye. Okay. See ya. And then move on to the <laughs> yeah. next instead of oh my gosh what does that mean well not every thought has to have we don't have to think about it and I was addicted yeah, to thinking right. of trying to figure out this puzzle and I was like <clears throat> no I can just let it go we have weird thoughts all day okay there it is bye next yeah you know um can so, I ask you a question when when you were so when the boys were younger how old were the boys when this when you when you were uh going through this with your baby girl Okay, so my boys were, let's see, five and two. Five and so, two. So yeah. did you, at any point, were you concerned about your relationship with the boys? Did, or did you see that almost as separate than the baby? Um, I saw it as separate because at times I felt myself slightly mad at her. Because I thought, she, you know, my brain, not in its logical state, thought she did this to me. And I did nothing to harm her. Yeah. Um, but there were times where, again, it was that fear of what if I, what, what if I get so upset that I do hurt her? So then I would go put her down. Right. I would just go set her down. And it was like, okay, Kristen, you know, you're not, you know, my therapist would tell me, it's like the fact that you're even worried that you're going to hurt her, you're not going to hurt her. I was like, you, you're, you're just confused and you're processing because I was mad at myself. Why did I take the shot? Well, then, she, you know, knowing, you know, she didn't do anything to me. Well, how are you supposed to know you were going to, you know, this was going to affect your body? I, you know, I, I'm going to interrupt so you to say that I, it's so important what you're saying right now about, because, you know, as yeah. parents and we love our kids unconditionally, we love them so much, but there have been, you know, I mean, my kids are in their thirties, but I remember when they were infants and there were those moments when you're sleep deprived and you're, you know, all those things and, or there's a teenage hormonal moment and you think I'm, you know, right. or you don't think 
There is no thought. You're just like on, you know, you're (laughs) trying to survive. And to admit that fear that you're going to do something harmful and, you know, God only knows that you, there's no cell in your body that wants to do that. But for you to be brave enough to admit that, because I think our listeners need to know we all have these thoughts. Yep. We all, we're human beings. We all have, we, you, you get to a level, if you haven't had enough sleep, that's why what you're doing and giving that jog, that little checklist of things that you could do, whether it's go outside and ground. And, yep. you know, Melissa and I talk about this all the time because it's all, in my opinion, there are so many lifestyle choices that you can make that you can pull yourself out of a dark, uh, out of darkness, right? It's, it's not simple. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen always, you know, immediately, but that, that intention to find a solution in your in your ready environment and having the the courage to understand that we all you know and just like you said in the beginning Kristen nobody's alone every there's so many people suffering and and you know after covid it's like crazy people are still you know you see it in the supermarket people are still scared they're you know and there's yeah. parenting like you don't know how to well, you know, you see all the the machinations of everyone's brain trying to figure out this world we live in now. How do we negotiate it? And for you, have you know, just having the courage to say, I was scared I was going to hurt my child. And I think that as parents or mothers, I don't know, I've, I've, you know, I felt that and it, and you're ashamed, you're embarrassed. Like, how could I think that I'm a horrible person, but you're not, you're just, you're human who is having those. If those things are out of balance, you will have irrational thoughts, right? You will have thoughts that don't support a healthy, but if you have a checklist, yeah. Oh. Well, the pressures on mothers that the the pressures on okay. if you think about it uh, logically, um, the, uh, uh, parenting a child is a job. It's a job, and it's not nine to five. It's twenty four seven. And if you yeah. went into a brand new job and you weren't sure about your credentials, no matter what kind of a GPA you had, no matter how many BAs you had, even MAs, when if you go into a brand new job, you're still walking with a bit of trepidation. Like, do I have what it takes? Am I going to be seen as a poser? Am I going to be found out to be the fraud? And we, and everybody suffers from the fraud syndrome. So when that, when the, you've got this baby and we all know the importance of having a baby so to, for a mother to feel, do I have what it takes? Am I going to screw up? Am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to alter the course for this child's life in the wrong way? It's, it's, there's a lot on it. And so I think yes. that grace, you and I've been talking about grace a lot lately, Mariel, I think giving yourself this grace, yes. which I want to applaud you for Kristen, because I mean, you were you're, you're a young mom coming out of this thinking I've, and you, you said something, you, you, you said, Oh, we all have this. There's no magic sauce. We all have this in the beginning when I was saying, you said people often ask you, what's that little magic thing? But I want to, I want to say, I'm going to disagree with you gently because not everybody knows how to take the next step. It's scary. Some people inherently have this, this connection, some, and, and whatever their belief system is to kind of pull within and, and hear the answers. And then some people are sitting there lost in the woods saying, I don't know what to do. Where do I go? I don't have the secret sauce. I don't know how to do anything. I'm scared to step forward. So I think that the the temerity, the resilience that you have, I don't care if you even thought it was a micro amount in your system. Yeah. You pulled it. You, it's like that midnight magnifying. Remember that magnifying thing that yeah. the magnifier looked like a horseshoe and you'd put a beard on that guy, yeah, yeah. that bald guy, that drawing? 
you somehow pulled the magnifier and pulled out all the little remnants of moxie that you have in your system to make this happen. And I think that if, if I could deduce this to a takeaway, um, I think the most important thing for our listeners is to realize that you get quiet, you you listen to see if you can, you get your brain quiet and your heart quiet, and you just kind of center yourself. And if you still don't know, there is absolutely nothing and everything yes. glorious about seeking help and asking for help from someone, getting the help of what Kristen's doing, getting the help from a trusted and beloved and respected therapist or doctor or pastor or whoever you need to go to, but to know that you don't need to walk this path alone. Yes. There's help out there. And I, you're, the help you're offering it is really just is. monumental. And to think it really if, is. You know, you're in a dark moment, you see a QR code on your mirror or something or in your windshield. I love that. Yeah. I mean, to just know that you're going to, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm freaking out. I'm going to, you know, like, I don't know if it'll work, but I'll do it. Right. And then all of a sudden you're given tasks because the brain once given a task will start to, you know, because the focus becomes less about the trauma, mm -hmm. the depression, mm -hmm. the I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. But it, all That's of a sudden right. I have a task. Oh, I got things to do. Oh, great. So, so we, yeah, absolutely. you know, I know both of us, we applaud you for giving people resources. And, and that's my thing. I just want to, you know, when our foundation really oh, is yeah. rocking and rolling and we've got places where you can go, I want your QR codes to be front and center so people can have that. Cause that's like every day, that's life. That's like going to the supermarket. That's like the stuff we do on a daily ba basis. Yeah. So yep. we're just so grateful for, for you and, and yeah. your journey as tough as it, as it appears it was for you. Yes. You had tenacity. Wow. Did you have something that you pulled out of the, I'll say something dirty. I won't say it, but you pulled it out. of the ethers. <laughs> That's the yeah. nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, people, they do, they ask me, I get asked a lot. And so I, I think about it. And so it's, I try to be humble. And that's why I say resiliency. It's like this, this light within you. And if you do, if you quiet, you can find it. And, you know, honestly, when do we see the stars? It's when it's dark. When do we that's look right. up and we appreciate that? So I always tell myself, like, in order to, I always told myself that I was breaking as I was, my heart was breaking. It was actually opening to allow more light. That's in. Awesome. And oh, I, like I was that. not going to let the situations of my life harden my heart. And that one of my greatest superpowers was the fact that I chose not to let this harden me. Awesome. And I choose it to mm -hmm. turn around and shine my light on others and to link arm with other people like yourselves to shine our light together. Because that's how you make the most impact is when you partner up with people and you lock arms and you turn your light absolutely together. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of it, yeah, was just knowing of just, again, just knowing that there was more. There was just something, just this little quiet voice and, okay, there's more to this. There has to be more. You did not go through all of this for nothing just to close your heart. So I tell people that just honestly, that's my heart and choosing it not to let it harden me and 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 turn me into this person this this shell i didn't want no. to be a shell of a person and so yeah uh yeah no i was like no there there has to be more than this and i maybe it's you know my journalistic side too as far as like you know karmic justice so to speak of like okay mm -hmm. now how can i help people 
with this. If I'm going to go through this, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to speak about it. I'm going to develop some sort of way. And then well, you did. COVID happened and we all had to go resort to QR. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. And, and it was like, I, I'm sorry. Well, okay. I got to interrupt you because our show yeah. is actually only 30 minutes. I still apologize. So we'll have yeah. you back on. And yeah, but yeah, I know. What you do and you did, you know, everything you've said, you did find that and you are helping and, and it really, is, you're so right. It is about community. It's about joining hands. You know, Melissa and I join with you and whatever else you've got going on and the people that have influenced your life and so on and so on and so on. That network just expands the more that you do what you do and 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 we come together so that we can share it with more people and to our listeners out there thank you for tuning in today because Kristen really is an incredible resource please say your site again so we can send people there self uh self please say it again Back, back to, to selfcare.com. Please go there. You can sign up your own QR codes yes. and you actually make personalized QR codes for people, which I think is extraordinary. So yeah, please check this out. This is, this is the kind of lifestyle choices that you can make to help your life and, and, and know that you are not alone. Not one single second. We're here with you. We love you all. Thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. And thank you, Melissa, as well, for being my amazing partner in crime in, in this world that we're negotiating. <laughs> thank you for listening to Outcomes to Sun podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.